human being. I hope you're having a great day out there. We got a great podcast for you today with my man Peck. What's up, Luke Rob? What's good, brother? How you doing? Man, I'm doing great. Great, I'm man. Can you to be here? I had a yeah. great day today. Can you tell them uh, where we are right now? Man, we in Charlotte, North Carolina, but we are also in the middle of a really great place with rocks around us, pretty trees. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sh- shout out, shout out Skype. Shout out Skype. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> That's so funny. Um, dang. But, uh, yeah, bro, you've been, been good. Good day. Good day at work and everything. Uh, just a little, just a little background for the people. Could you possibly tell how we met and, uh, a little bit about yourself as well? Yeah, so in the order you just said that, I met Luke Rob on an app called The Bars App. Get The Bars App. Um, if you don't have an iPhone, you don't have the app. But, you know, it is, it's a pretty good app. Uh, it's for people who make music. Um, you can sing, you can rap, you can do ciphers. So I've been seeing Luke Rob up there. I felt like he was a really good artist. I like everything he does up there. And um, I'm the leader of a group called OSF, which is a group that started on The Bars App where, you know, we just kind of do the music thing together. And so I just thought it was a really great fit. I extended an invitation. He took it and we are. Yes, sir. Yeah. Shout out, shout out Peck, shout out the bars app, shout out OSF and, and everybody, everybody in the squad. It's been awesome collaborating with people on the bars app for real. Like it's, it's been like what, probably close to two years ish or something since probably the, the inception or, or so but it's been a great community of rappers singers musicians all just collaborating doing ciphers getting on beats that are that are on the app and everything and uh, just a great community that i'm grateful to be a part of and, and met so many good people as well yeah man it's exciting i, I like the network and the connections we've made some of the songs we've done off the bars app but it's like all because we met there so i appreciate the bars app for that yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. What w- what do you see the the future of the bars app at being? Like they haven't updated any beats on there for a minute. Man, it's it's like the the cipher we did called Bars App Dark Ages, man. But I'm <laughs> tell you, so they got something that's about to pop off right now, and mm. I think it's some type of battle league, and I forget the name of it, but um, that's about to take off again. I think they're attempting to make it pop again. Mm. So. I feel like, you know, in the perfect world, if they could expand it to where you don't have to have an iPhone to use it and it could be international, it could be a really Mm. big thing. Yeah, honestly, I didn't even I didn't even know if uh, you didn't have an iPhone, you couldn't get on the app. I wasn't aware of that. Yeah, it only works for iPhones. And also Mm. it's limited to the United States. It's not an international app. Mm. So it's still in beta mode, actually. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it is Facebook designed, isn't it? Yeah, as far as I know. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah, now uh now OSF has been been collaborating off the app and then and whatnot, doing a lot of other songs. I'm I'm so excited for for some of our songs together to come out and for the people to to hear all the all the flows oh and the message gosh. and the bars and oh, oh my, my gosh. Oh my Yeah, man. I'm yeah. excited about even the stuff we doing. Like mm-hmm. I don't know how you're gonna put it out, if it's gonna be an album, a single E P, whatever the case mm-hmm. but yeah. Hey, can can you can you change on. your mic a little? Yeah, let me. Uh, bet, bet. Let me see if we can. Yeah, might have to, to do some 
unplugging and plugging back in for for Peck's mic every once in a while. Every once in a while, it just gets cracky all, all of a sudden. Uh, Crazy. Yeah, yeah, it's better now. But all right, yeah. there we go. Mm-hmm. But yeah, bro, I got I got music on deck for real. I got ten songs right now that I feel really confident about. Basically, all the all verses right. are are recorded. Everything just needs to be ma- mastered and mixed. Just uh-huh. sa- just sound all together and everything. I got transitions between songs. I got beats that are mostly by myself and my boy that, that produces Dom. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, bro, I'm I'm so super super excited for that. Uh, hopefully January is my my set date uh, to to finish everything up. Um, probably ten to twelve ten to twelve songs. You gonna bring in the new year with a bang, huh? Yes, sir. 2023 with a bang. Man, I mm-hmm. hope I'm going to be on some of those tracks for the new year. Oh, you you on too. Oh, man, that's what's mm-hmm. up. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. That's How about you, up. bro? How about you with the as far as music coming out and and your work prog process so as of late? I have I've lost myself in the group, man. Mm-hmm. So what do you mean? Like doing I'm, I'm stuff on a bunch of people's stuff. Mm-hmm. I have no individual project i'm working on for myself mm. <laughs> everything Self- is i'm featuring on yeah man i'm featuring <laughs> on somebody track i got a lot of that going on i did just release a single for myself that i got two artists on la no mercy and on solo mm-hmm. that's a single for me but it's featuring two mm-hmm. other people as far as like a ep i'm putting out i'm working on some collabs with a bunch of different people including yourself but I don't have any real individual tracks. Everything is OSF, man, or mm. just a collab with somebody. Yeah. So, so how did you uh, start off with OSF? Like, what was that process like? What was going through your head, and and your idea for for the group and everything? So let me give you a little background because it was not my original idea. I'm not the founder of OSF. Oh, really? I thought you were. No, nah, man. So, ah, yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> New is actually the founder of OSF. Uh, and so we kind of own OSF together mm. along with Coco Gray. Um, and so what happened is I was actually an artist under the name Two Carolina, mm. True North. So I had been doing that for at least two years, three albums, an EP. Um, a few singles. I actually completed six albums under that artist with the independent label called Hunt ENT. And um, at some point, I just kind of began to break off and want to do my own thing. And so uh, while I'm still doing that, I haven't been real active with it. I kind of emerged into Impeccable. And that's when I ran across the Bars app. And so I started on the Bars app, just doing my own thing solo, enjoying doing ciphers with people, releasing videos. It was just sharpening my skills because, uh, I don't know if you know or not, but I I was in a bunch of car wrecks Mm. uh, around 2015 that that really messed me up, some head trauma, stuff like that. And so. Damn, bro, that's that's hard to hear. Yeah, man, it's hard trying to record when you got you know, post-concussion syndrome, you got problems memorizing your stuff, breath control, all that get affected with those type of accident injuries. So mm-hmm. I was actually going through that. So when I found this Bars app, it became a great way to practice and mm-hmm. almost like lyrical exercise. Yeah. Getting that my win back. 
that's that's really it the bars app especially and even like doing some ciphers or duets whatever on tiktok or instagram whatever it may be a lot of the time i just think it's just getting the reps in just yeah. work working the pen out working the freestyling out honing your your skills and craft so that then your your verse on a feature or project single whatever it may be is going to be that much better you know it's it's yeah. it's all about trial and trial and error just the more you you put out into there but but you said you got into into multiple crashes in a, the same year oh man so at the very beginning it was new year's man mm. and it was new year's eve actually mm-hmm. i thought I was supposed to go to work that morning. I wasn't even supposed to. It was closed. That was the first accident. It was like mm. it was a car, not a pileup, but like it was like a domino effect. Somebody slammed on brakes and the car behind it slammed on brakes and I had to slam on brakes and I hit that car. And so it wasn't a bad crash, that one. But, you know, I went on my day after, you know, we did the police report and all that stuff. I, um... I actually had a, a, a rap performance to do at a church event. Uh, probably like a thousand or more people there. Mm. And I didn't think I, anything was wrong because there was no like visible damage, you know, right there at the scene, right? And mm-hmm. so I went up to perform my song and my head went blank. Couldn't remember nothing. So I freestyled it which still worked out really good. I rocked the crowd. Hey, hey. But shortly after I got off the stage and sat down, I completely passed out. My eyes rolled to the back of my head and everybody was like, oh my gosh, what happened? You know, so that was my first like real head concussion right there. A couple mm-hmm. months later in February, you know, I, you know, recovered from that back driving and everything. I was going down the road and, uh, a a big van pulled out in my lane to make a U-turn and it cleared but right after him another car tried to do the same thing and it cut me off I was going almost 60 so when Mm. I saw her pop up yeah man my initial instinct was to try to swerve out the way Yeah, I was in a two door BMW where it might have looked like I could have got away with that but she was just way too close too soon so I hit her I still continued in the direction I began to swerve. I went over a sidewalk and into a tree, which kept me from going into a restaurant. Wow. So that was three big bangs all at once in one accident. And mm-hmm. that really is the one that really damaged. You know, it, it, yeah, some, some head trauma and some short-term memory loss, a bunch of stuff that I've gotten a lot better at. You may not even tell that I've been through that now. Mm-hmm. But it was bad. I was out of commission for at least a year after that one. Wow, bro, that's that's tough to hear. Can you uh, finagle with your your mic again, please? Oh man. <laughs> yeah, honestly, maybe just like every every five minutes or something, just like I just, just need pop, to... pop it in and out or something. But bro, that's that's tough. You said 2015. Like I I didn't even know truly that you went through that. Um, I like I couldn't tell from. Like and that the, wasn't the even the last one, but yeah. you know, so bar you said taps, three in in one year. I had at least four that year because I had four. two more smaller ones after that. Yeah. Damn, bro, what's? Damn, that's tough. That's tough. Yeah, it is tough, man. And I also was in a, lot, a little situation where, um, I was working a certain job. I had to write tickets for people who 
parking violations and I had a construction worker hit me in the back of the head with something metal after all that. So that just brought a lot of the head damage back. So, bro, bro, was, what, what'd you, what'd you do? Like, who's after you? Who's after you? I don't know, man. It must've been the devil, man. <laughs> <laughs> Satan's like, yo, you, you crossed the line one too many times, Peck. Like, <laughs> I feel like 2015 was a, a critical year mm. where I feel like some type of force was trying to take me out. I really feel that way. Damn. But it was unsuccessful, but it did change mm. the trajectory that my life was going. Yeah, you think that that made, like, what lessons do you take from that made you stronger in some ways and appreciate some things in, in life? Or how did that alter a lot of things? I'm going to tell you, man, it's altered a lot because before all that happened, I was actually a, a really big church-going person. I was so mm. deep into it. Um, I've actually been commissioned as a minister with a certain group, or I was a head usher at this church I was just telling you about. Mm -hmm. um, I was like deep into it, man. And um, after that one accident I described to you, everything shifted. The way I felt about it is not there no more. I just feel different. Mm -hmm. um, it made me look at my whole life and and, and make some the different decisions and, and really weigh everything I was into. And I was on my way to church when that happened believe it or not. Mm -hmm. So I don't even know if I made the right decision, but ever since then, I, I, I really never got back into it. You know, I went through a downward spiral of head trauma, depression. Um, it was some things I was about to try to get into that I was no longer able to do now. And believe it or not, one of them was boxing. I was actually connected with this guy that was going to start training me to do a professional boxing career, which was going to be a late start. I was 31 around this time. And, mm. um, you know, the head concussions and stuff, the nerve pain and muscle soreness, this inflammation, all of that, it was just impossible, you know. Mm. Um, wow. Yeah, well, that's, yeah, that's a crazy story. How did you get into wanting to box? Was that like a childhood dream that kind of went away and then you were like I used to like slap box with people in the neighborhood mm -hmm. so like you know I always was fond of it you know I had a couple buddies who boxed growing up golden gloves stuff like that and um I happened to work with a guy who was a former golden glove boxer mm -hmm. MMA fighter and uh we just used to mess around a lot and uh he tested me one day and I guess he just liked my reflexes and quickness and things like that so he was like yo we should get you into boxing and I was just down with it and so we we had begun to set some things up where we were going to really start training which I had already done some training in different places in New York you know just mm -hmm. always been into boxing so mm, you know tough. after multiple head concussions that's just impossible you're not going to get cleared yeah man yeah that's that's tough like with CTE and everything I think that's scary for for loads of sports, almost every sport out there, you're you're really risking yourself with some yeah. type of head trauma. It's it's scary, for real. What what that does to athletes later in life, they have uh, you know dementia and all sorts of memory loss and and all sorts of things later and earlier than most people do. And you you just see some of the the athletes' age like not very yeah. good. Yeah, yeah. Like even some of them can though. If you catch me on a bad day, you'll see it. You'll see some of the symptoms. So I still deal with it. It's just, it's been six years now. So, you know, I've gotten way better, you know, 
Um, I learned to take supplements. I got a bunch of different stretches I got to do that I got from different therapists, chiropractors and stuff. So mm. I got ways to manage it now that um, I hadn't learned yet initially, you know. So I'm on top of it now, but I could never go back and do that, mm. you know. So that was like one dream that was kind of crushed. Yeah. And it definitely caused some depression, you know. Okay. So yeah. so as far as, as your occupation back then compared to today, how's that? How's that changed? So back then, I actually was at a landscaping company, man. I was beginning to move into more of a supervisory role, but I still would do a lot of the physical work. So I was never able to get back to that work. Mm. You know, I yeah. with a herniated disc in my L4, chronic nerve pain and muscle soreness, which even affects me in this office job, but it's manageable, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, like prolonged sitting and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I could legit go get on full disability right now. I already had the Medicaid disability insurance, so that ain't nothing I wanted th- at my age, you know? But yeah. if I absolutely wanted to, I could go that route. Mm. You know, off all the injuries. So mm-hmm. it was it was pretty bad. Yeah, yeah. Can you fix your mic? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's and, nothing. It's and, been uh, st- yeah, but what about uh, today? So you work at a, a mental health institution. You're saying, how's that? How's that been? What What led you to to that to that role? So, I just the owner actually caught wind of me when I was doing some. Uh, I guess you would call it street ministry. Uh, I was rapping mm-hmm. uh, with the, a ministry group in like the inner city here in Charlotte. Mm-hmm. And uh, he just happened to be in the area and he saw me. And this was also the owner of the independent label. And he wanted me to do some ghostwriting for a few artists he had. Mm. So he he reached out to me and and, and that's how all of that got set up. Mm. You know, mm. and then I eventually started working at the company for him because we just started, you know, doing a lot together. And he realized, I guess I was somebody who could be uh, pretty helpful which that's how it's turned out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what exactly is your role? Like you helping people like doing some therapy with them, talking them through their situation, trying to well, get them I, to I hear that. I started off with him as a residential counselor. So I would actually work in the group home. Uh-huh. And after a short while, I kind of transitioned into the office. So I actually don't work directly with the clients now as much, still a little, but, um, there was definitely a little bit of counseling and redirection going on on like a real life situation basis. Mm-hmm. But right now I just work more on the back end, keeping authorizations current and taking notes on the meetings and the progress for the clients, mm. uh, working on referrals, phone calls, stuff like that. Mm, I got you. I got you. Yeah. But what what we're doing um, as a whole is is making sure that children who have compromised family situations or mental health issues are getting services and treatment to help them get through that and become stable again in a home setting or even in an independent living situation. So that's really what we work towards. We actually just opened up a day treatment and are still finishing that up to where we're actually going to start serving the youth in that capacity as well. Mm, That's great, man. That's great. Sounds like it's really doing something powerful to the community and helping a lot of people out. Definitely, man. But, you know, one thing it, it helps me with, 
uh, with my own personal issues or like when I was going through depression, I realized, man, like, okay, I went through some really tough stuff, uh, 2015. But when I look at some of the clients, especially mm-hmm. at their young age, it just mm-hmm. makes me say, okay, well, what I'm going through really ain't that bad. Let me, let me just chop it up and, and, and go handle my business, you know? So. Yeah. It gives you some perspective for sure. Most definitely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you said initially you were at the, the ministry. So how was that? Or you were at a ministry, right? Yeah. Or you were like a rap ministry type? Well, I was actually into just the ministry side, but they okay. did rap. So uh-huh. I kind of just did both of them together. Yeah. So how was how was that time in the in the church? Man, I'm going to be honest with you. I was so stoked about it. I was very into it. I was very serious about it. And my life as a Christian was very authentic. You know, I had some real spiritual encounters, mm. uh, personal and that involve other people. You mm. know. Um, Can you elaborate? So, yeah. Uh, so I don't know how familiar you are with the Bible, man, but the Bible talks about healing sick people, casting out devils. Mm-hmm. Like I've really experienced that. I've cast demons out of people and mm-hmm. seen them dramatically leave people. I've uh, prayed for people or begin to pray for people and they would be healed of pneumonia, uh, stage four cancer. Uh, some really dramatic stuff, you know. Wow, wow. Yeah, so I was really deep into it, and mm-hmm. it's crazy, man. My brain has just shifted ever since that second accident in, in 2015 and some other events that that happened um, after that to where I'm just not in the same headspace. Mm-hmm. So you know? do you, like, not believe in those past miracles, would you say, and I still uh, blame it on something else? or I still believe. It's not even that I don't believe no more. Mm-hmm. Uh, my heart has just kind of grown a little indifferent and I don't like it. I realize I don't even, I know that what I'm doing is wrong, right? I feel like I got a destiny and a calling on that end. And I feel like I'm just ignoring it right now because as much as I'm in a much better headspace than I was a couple years ago, closer to the accident, I still feel a kind of way, you know? And also what I didn't tell you is I lost my brother in 2020. Mm. And so if you can imagine how that added to what I was already going through, I just have never bounced back, man. Yeah. Mm. You know, but I still feel passionate about people. I still feel that, you know, it's still something deep inside me that wants to minister to people Mm. in a very organic way. I don't like the ceremonial aspect of church or the religiosity of it. I was never attracted to that, but I've always loved people. Yeah, that definitely resonates, bro, for real, how you just how you conduct your communication with with all the people from me seeing you and and OSF, just just even through the social media and whatnot and just prior conversations. I could definitely tell that you're you're a good guy and that it's it's heartfelt. You know, I could feel it, Um, the the passion about uh, people you care about. And even if it's not in a religious form, I could Uh definitely see it in some higher presence some spiritual whatever you want to call it but maybe you the church has just rubbed you a wrong way over time and you just can't get with that anymore man i can't even put it on them it's, it's so much about it i don't like or don't agree with mm, mike but i oh, okay <laughs> all right we go, we go yeah Justin, are you hearing the difference mm-hmm. yeah yeah uh, yeah as soon as you do it uh-huh 
Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. Go ahead. Go ahead. So yeah, um, you know, I used to kind of be critical about them, but over the years, I've grown to understand that people are the way they are, and mm. and, and when people do things, it's because that's what they know, that's what they understand, mm. mm-hmm. and so I try not to get judgmental anymore about people not understanding what I understand. Mm. Yeah. You know, I feel like if they knew better, they would do better. They're not doing better because they don't know better. Mm, yeah, they don't have the knowledge. They don't have the tools. They don't have the experience and something. I mean, we all have a different perspective of what spirituality and religion is mm-hmm. based on so many things throughout our, our childhood and in life and influences yeah. on us that that rub us a certain way. And, and for some people who grow up in the church, that's their whole life, their whole family. Everything has been a surrounded around that it's it would break everything if that was questioned for them so they they don't even question can i just go deep real quick go deep i don't even know if it's deep man i'm gonna just tell you this man so ah around the time before i got in that that the real bad car wreck right Mm -hmm. i had been praying like really deeply just for my experience with god and, and and everything just to be deeper you know i wanted it more transparent because i was really into it you know I really wanted it to be the same way I saw it in the Bible. I yeah. wanted it to live in the miraculous realm. You know? mm-hmm. And so the Bible says, if you seek, you'll find. If you knock, the door will be open. You ask, you shall receive. And so I did that. I would do that in tears, really wanting to have a deeper connection, uh, intimacy with God. Mm-hmm. And it's crazy, man. <laughs> in the interim of that is when the accident happened. So I feel like it was almost divinely inspired because I felt like he wanted me to break away from the busy routine of work and church, which that did for me because I was out of commission mm-hmm. for almost a whole year. Mm-hmm. And I feel like what I was supposed to do was take that time to engage God the way I wanted to. Because even while I was working, you know, I was doing ministry at work without trying. I healed a lady of pneumonia while I was at work. You know, I helped a few people in some rough places in their life just with some spiritual insight. You know, I was Mm -hmm. having those spiritual encounters at work. Ministry was happening even when I wasn't trying. Like the connection was real, but I wanted more, you know, because I would always compare my life to what I saw in the book of Acts. Where Mm -hmm. the church had really took off and so much crazy stuff was happening. You know, for me, it was all about authenticity. Like, I didn't want a roided ver- down version of religion. I wanted the real deal. And yeah. I feel like he allowed the accident to happen so that I could just shift. But I felt like I allowed myself to grow bitter in that moment mm. because of the pain I was in every day, the head trauma. I got caught up in that stuff and I became bitter. Mm. And then, you know, when, when my brother passed, that didn't help it. You feel me? So I, I just yeah, yeah. So so were you were you at a time like in in non-belief for like atheism, nihilism? Like what's there's no there's even, no meaning. Or... I never stopped believing. I just kind of mm. grew cold, man. I I kind of I can never stop believing because of the things I've experienced. Just too real. Mm-hmm. I can never go back and try to say it ain't true. I never do that. Yeah, yeah. But was I mad at God or am I still a little mad? That's a different question. 
You know, mm. I'm, I'm still not okay with my brother passing, how that happened. Mm. I'm really angry with some people that I feel like are involved some type of way. And, um, yeah, man, I, I blame myself, man. Like, um, I would never try to just turn on the, the, the belief system and try to make it seem invalid because of everything that happened. I blame myself and I say, um, I'm just not dealing with it right now. I'm okay with that. Mm. You know. Do you think everything was written? Everything was written. When you say everything was written, do you are you asking me? Do I feel like it was like, like divinely inspired? Like everything is is predestined, like in our lifetime, before we even I, know it's actually in fruition. I feel like we all have a destiny mm-hmm. that's meant for us to walk in, but I feel like with free will, it's not is not orchestrated that way. I feel like our decisions always play a big part in in our destiny. So I feel like mm. things are foreordained and foreknown, but it's not like just predestined and we're like robots just living out this skit. Mm-hmm. No, I feel like you're in total control of your life and that the decisions you make have consequences. Mm. Like I can choose to stop being bitter right now and just jump back in. Yeah you know i mean really though that's like a mental pattern that you've now created in your mind of being bitter so it it might be hard for you to to stop that now and stop being bitter angry at, at god for that and holding that resentment but like you could start today and then over time start to to unravel that but i i feel like it's very hard for people to just cold turkey a lot of behaviors and addictions right away in life to a point where human beings are the way our brain works is just so run by patterns yeah it's all about patterns it takes 21 days to create a habit Mm -hmm. i don't know if the habit can be broken in 21 days but i do know a new one can be made so you know it's about being intentional right yeah mike (laughs) (laughs) yes sir yeah but that's that's one of the largest things i've learned Mm -hmm. as as growing up through through adolescence you know i'm I'm only 21 right now but through the past three to four years i started i started meditating about three to four years ago and after that became so much more conscientious about the things i was doing and am doing today to a point where you see yourself from a from a third person view and can kind of then act on that free will and yeah. change these patterns and and see okay I'm doing this but this is where I want to be how do I get there just making the 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 next right decision in in some way yeah but yeah meditation has definitely been a big big spiritual thing as well as just being being aware and a lot of times i have related god uh the universe predestiny um divine divine entities to consciousness itself so honing that in in a meditation or or a prayer or affirmations even uh extreme exercise uh sauna cold plunges anything to to really take your body 
and mind in a different place um, to extend that consciousness um, through through different levels, I think is you can tap into something greater. Wow. Man, what do you think? Man. Well, first of all, I would like to know what a cold plunge is. Mm. You, you ever see like you ever heard of Wim Hof before? I haven't. Probably not. Yeah. So he's he's as he's as <laughs> crazy he's as crazy dude. He he's known for the cold plunge, and okay. that's actually what got me into meditation. Is uh, he has this Wim Hof breath exercise, which okay. is like this deep breathing exercise, right? So you do like, okay. I think it's thirty deep breaths, and then uh-huh. hold your breath for a minute, another thirty deep breaths, uh-huh. a minute and a half of hold, uh, for three rounds. Um, okay. And you're supposed to do this actually during a cold plunge. So there's videos of this guy like in the Arctic, like, (laughs) yeah, yeah. Like diving into the the ocean that's, that's, that's frozen and whatnot. But at a, at a larger, at a smaller (laughs) scale, I should say, you know, you just, you basically just put ice in your bathtub and sit in there for like a couple minutes. Yeah. Yeah. But uh they do it to get rid of the swelling. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's you know. it's it's for health and for for like a a spiritual discipline thing for a lot uh. of people. So a lot of people, like I've heard, um, I've heard a, a, a ton of people doing a cold plunge and a sauna routine to, especially in the beginning of the day, to make yourself really uncomfortable because mm-hmm. then then once you accomplish that thing, uh-huh. then the rest of your day is gonna be so much. You can't, you can't pussy out. You can't be a bitch if, if you, if, if you just right. did a, did a cold plunge in a sauna, the first thing to, to start your nah. day, like you're challenging your, your body and your mind. Cause it, I'm going to tell you, man, it's going to take some nuts. Oh to, yeah. Uh, to get in a tub of ice. First of all. Yeah. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like if you yeah. can do that at the beginning of the day, I don't think it's nothing the rest of the day. You ain't going to be able to face. Yeah. You ever do that before? I haven't, but had I started this boxing career, I'm sure that would have been a part of it. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. I, but I did I, do the ice bucket challenge. Oh, yeah? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. So that was bad enough. Yeah. But I remember growing up, I just did some ice baths. Like, I played soccer and basketball and whatnot just after, yeah. like, a, a week or so of, like, intense training, you know, just for, for health and whatnot. Um, but but nowadays, I, I'm be, I've been taking some cold showers in the morning. And uh, all the health benefits and, and mental benefits for, for discipline and just starting your day off right just gets uh, just spikes up your some some hormones and you I don't I don't know the technical terms I'm not I'm not right. a scientist by any means but right. it, trust me it does it, it wakes it you the, difference oh it, it wakes you the fuck up it's great for your what? skin great for Cold your hor- hormones yeah what? yeah especially first thing uh, during the day at, at night I would never. No, <laughs> but first thing in the morning. Yeah, uh-huh. and, See, and that's what me, that's what makes it tough too, because you just woke up. You're like, ah, yeah. I just woke up. Maybe I'll go back to bed. I don't really feel like like doing whatever, whatever. But then once you get in that that cold shower, you yeah. <laughs> you're ready to run through a wall. It sounds like it kind of wakes the nerves up in a way because that it's uncomfortable, like you said. Yeah, yeah, no, it's it's a shock to the whole system. Yeah. And it gets it going, huh? Yeah, you know what? yeah. You just helped me because I might need that because I was diagnosed with hypersomnia. 
to where I always mm. feel tired, fatigued, you know, and I really do. My eyes are always feeling heavy. Um, and so, you know, with the nerve pain and all that too, I was actually instructed to take very hot showers mm. because it helps the nerves feel better. Mm-hmm. But, but as far as waking up, you know, that might be a good alternative to the Adderall they want me to take. Mm. Yeah, know? bro. I would, I would definitely try it. I'm, I'm just interested if, if you would try and, and let me know if it, if it helps you, I'm, I'm sure it would wake you up as you could tell just the, the shock to the system and whatnot, you know, I ain't going to lie on the record mm-hmm. and tell you I'm going to do it because that cold shower. Oh, it's, it's, it's tough. It, like you said, it takes nuts. It takes nuts. Yeah. Mike, Mike. <laughs> yeah, no, but, uh, but yeah, that's been uh, a part of, part of my discipline as well as, uh, meditation and, and other things uh-huh. uh, to, to feel connected and, and disciplined and to, a to my higher self in a, in a higher way. Um, but as, as far as that for you, have you meditated before? You said you pray. Um, I guess see, meditation can be done in so many ways, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, especially depending on what train of thought you have, whether it's Western or Eastern. So we know Westernized meditation is probably a lot different than Eastern meditation, right? Mm-hmm. So I, I had my meditation would normally be I would meditate on scriptures. Mm-hmm. And I used to do a lot of that, but I also used to just sit quietly and like mentally engage who I believe God was, um, internally engage scriptures. And it used to always be a very powerful experience. There was a really, really heavy presence that would join me, you know, Mm. um, clarity would come revelation. Mm. So, yeah, I, I believe in meditation, but, you know, lately, no, I haven't. I haven't been a very meditative person. You know, mm. I, I I feel like I keep myself busy just to not give in to depression. Mm. You know, so dealing with everybody in OSF helps a lot with keeping my mind occupied because mm. so many are pulling on me for this out of the third. And so I embrace it because I know if I wasn't doing that, I might end up in a bad situation, you know? Mm, yeah. I could have mood swings. You know, I could get in a really angry mood to where, you know, I'm not pleasant to be around. But, you know, my work schedule, OSF, music, it doesn't allow me to embrace those feelings and thoughts. Every mm. once in a while, they just hit me and I have to deal with them because mm. I've been suppressing it too long and it comes to surface. Yeah. Like, do you, I was going to ask, do you think that's a thing you need to revisit in your life more and like implementing uh, prayer or meditation or even just, just sitting with, with yourself and in you some know, way? When I was two years old, and I only noticed because it was told to me by my parents, they Mm-hmm. Uh, a bishop or a man that was pretty much counted as a prophet of some sort spoke to them and said, you're going to have to tell him why. And uh, what he meant by that is that I would be a very deep thinker. I would always seek be- beyond the surface of a thing. I was always going to need to know why. 
And he mm. said that about me when I was two years old. So how do you know something about somebody at two years old? Unless it's mm. like a revelation that God gave you about that person. Mm-hmm. But I'll tell you what, it's so true. It's very true. I always ask why. And I ask why until I'm satisfied. I mm. ask it until I find what I'm looking for. Yeah. And my whole life been <laughs> that way. Like yeah. if you if you really allow if you really engage me, you're gonna find out I'm a very deep person. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I don't. I can tell. I don't wear it on my sleeve because it used to be to the point where I'd be so deep, I'm talking over people's heads, mm. and they get offended or just disinterested. So I learned to downplay what's going on in my head, and I only engage people who I feel like bring it out of me. Mm. If there's no demand placed on me for it, I act silly. I make people laugh and I just keep it to myself. Mm. But with that, I I only said that to say this, I got a very strong mind. So I'm aware of these feelings of depression. I'm aware of the social anxiety and everything I've been going through. And yeah, every once in a while I will fall victim to it and, and I'll be in deep sadness or whatever. But it's something about me, man, like something will tick and I'll just say, all right, enough, enough. And I'll snap out of it. I used to be on five different psych meds. I take none of them now. And honestly, I'm still dealing with everything I was dealing with when I was taking the five psych meds. But at some point, my brain figured it out. I reasoned within myself. Okay, this happened. It sucked. I don't like it. My life is different now. But when I begin to reason about things inside myself, it seems like I, I'm able to overcome once I assess it properly one good time Mm. because it's mind over matter right yeah was there was there anything any teachers in your life or maybe books that you read that that made your mind like that or made you question or was it always just a thing I, i i actually feel like it's always been a thing but yes there are some teachers and some books i read that enhanced it and elevated it and added to my understanding to where I can actually intentionally walk in these things, you know? So yeah, I, 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 I read and I still value a lot of the teachings of Derek Prince, Mahesh Chavda, who was the pastor of the church I went to before I just kind of stopped going. Um, a few more names, Smith Wigglesworth, um, uh, Norval Hayes, Kenneth Hagen Sr. Those are uh, just a few of the people's books who I've read. Uh, D.L. Moody. Mm-hmm. Um, so these are like, some of them are pretty big. All right. Some of them are pretty big uh, leaders or were. And, you know, just sitting under different people like that, listening to audio tapes, reading their books. I've read the Bible three times and studied a bunch more. You know, all those things have played a part in shaping my understanding and my perception and ability to navigate through life. Mm. So, yeah. Yeah, I've read and uh, and listened to a lot of powerful, uh, conscientious thinkers, spiritual leaders and, and gurus of all all sorts and and their their practices on on what they believe and try to implement tools in, into my life to 
to be more conscientious and spiritually minded as much as I can. Uh-huh. Um, but of course, we all we all lead lead astray at a certain point and then need something to to bring us back. That's why it truly is a, a practice to be to be yeah. spiritual. It, it, you can fall off off that that wagon if all of a sudden you just like oh yeah I'm good and then and all of a sudden a week two weeks go by you need to hop back on that horse in some way you know it's it's interesting dynamic because it helps to understand the human being Mm -hmm. and the different components that make up the human being which would really offer a lot of understanding about why that cycle happens the way it happens like I can tell you have a spirituality about you because you're only 21 years old. Most 21 year olders I know are just into video games, partying and foolishness. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So knowing that you're only 21 years old, uh, the way you carry yourself I always felt like you were 26, just 24. Mm. I you appreciate that. Yeah. 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 No. And I, I can't lie. I mean, I've, I've been through that, that partying phase, that degenerate phase of, <laughs> of drinking and smoking and, and girls and having fun and everything. Um, Listen, and, when I was and, 21, I went to prison. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's well, what you what, what were you, that. what were you doing? Man, I was robbing people. <laughs> Shit, bro. With a gun, a loaded gun. <laughs> Jesus. Yes, sir. <laughs> yeah, man, I was wild at age 21. So, like, mm. when I tell you it blows my mind to see how you move at 21, knowing how I was at 21, I mean it. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I know how crazy I was at 21. Mm-hmm. And I was, wasn't, I, at some point, actually, I was doing good, but I got influenced. Mm, that peer pressure, your yeah. environment. Yeah. And I gave into it. And I stopped doing good. I was in college at one point, tutoring students and everything. Mm. What'd you go to college for? I went. I was at Berkeley College in New York for business management administration. And that got interrupted by me getting locked up. <laughs> <laughs> that, that'll do it. I went left, man. I went left. <laughs> and so what I was going to tell you about the human body, you know, I believe this. We are spirits. With souls, which is the mind, the will, and the emotions, and we live in these physical bodies for the specific purpose of whatever we are here to do on this physical earth. But I do not believe this physical earth is the catch-all. I believe that the spirit man in the spirit realm is the realest thing. I believe your imagination is the realest part of you. Um, the intangible things are the realer things than what we can see, touch, and feel and access through the senses. But people are not trained to think that way. And so they are mm. very limited in their experience because they don't understand that what they see and what they can touch and what they can hear is not really what life is all about. Mm. It's all just a dream. Hey, people say it's just your imagination. Listen, you can do more engaging your imagination, I believe, than any other whatever you out here trying to do. If you 100%. Can imagine, yeah, and uh, I felt the power of you, it. You were you a vivid dreamer? Not even so much a vivid dreamer. I won't even say that, but I'm a vivid hearer. Mm. And while I'm awake, I do imagine deeply. Mm. Um, and I'm a very deep thinker. So when I say a vivid hearer, I've been in situations where, and I believe it's the voice of God, 
people can say, I heard a voice, something told me. For me, it's just how intimate are you with God? How clearly can you hear him? I feel like he's talking to everybody mm. who's listening. Mm. Just tap, tapping that antenna in. I tap in, bro. And, and mm. I've been in situations where uh, people are going through different things, some more critical than others. And I just hear something to say to them or ask them that unleashes something mm. and cause a breakthrough for them. And so hearing it is one thing, following through is another. But I've always had a heart to follow through. Mm. Yeah, I, I I truly believe in that, that, that some people are are uh, born with an ability to tap into something greater than themselves, into some different dimensions or fields yeah. or spiritual realms that that are always, always present no matter what. Yeah. But we just can't tap into it. That's one thing I think about Man. is so interesting with humans is possibly somewhere in our ancient ancestry, there was groups of people who could who could do these things and go into these realms with ease. And possibly it's a activity, it's a tool, it's a practice that has been lost and forgotten in certain yeah. ways. Or yeah. possibly we're still evolving into yeah. transcendental realms, uh-huh. still into humans, uh, expanding consciousness uh-huh. through the use of, of meditation and psychedelics and all sorts of, of these tools that we know expand the, the mind and, and connect different uh, neural pathways. I like this. I like this because... Mm. Mike. See, all right. <laughs> right. Right when we about want to uh, act up, right? Yeah, they want us to shut up. They, yeah. they, they don't want you to know this. That's the thing. They don't want you to know this yeah. stuff, man. That's that's the thing. Like like a lot of these a lot of these companies, a lot of these governments, a lot of these people with power don't want you to know these spiritual and and other realms of reality because they want you to stay in this box that well, they, they put that they put you. To that go they to the put yeah, they they want you to go to a pharmacy. They want you to go to school. They want you to work. Come on, working nine to five. You know it's all that. Control, you know? man. It's you about that. control. Yeah, yeah, and when you're in the system, you're feeding the system. As long as you are a blind mm-hmm. participant of the system, you are enlarging the system and keeping it strong. Yeah. When you realize how to be an independent thinker, and how to, you know, just kind of figure things out on your own, you'll be useless to the system, but you could also be dangerous to it. Mm. Because the system is not liberating people. It's enslaving them. Mm-hmm. But when you get an understanding of life, purpose, destiny, uh, when you learn how to be inward, <laughs> live inward, mm. you know, connect inward and not be so consumed with the outward, you're a different person. Mm. You can operate different. You can navigate different. Yeah, I, I completely agree. I see some so much in this consumerist society today where it's it's you know you got to have the next thing you got to have that neck that chain that exactly that watch that house that car even with rap music whatever and then yeah Mm -hmm. you know i'm gonna be honest man like you almost like a spiritual compass for me with the music like Mm. anytime i think about you i'm shy from wanting to rap about certain things just mm. thinking about you, because I'm like, here's a 21-year-old <laughs> being conscious that's going against the grain. He's talking about things he ain't supposed to know at his age. 
or be mindful about it, his age, man. And it's like, mm, I don't want Rob to hear this. <laughs> For real, bro. That's the like little internal thing I go through uh, with this music because, you know, I got different parts of my life that's true. Mm-hmm. I really used to have access to a lot of different types of guns and I used to use them mm-hmm. to rob people. So if I talk about it, I did live it. Yeah. I ain't living it now, but I did. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not just talking about things I heard my favorite rapper talk about. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, it's it's true to you. It's true to me. But am I, is that what I want to promote? Nah, mm. I don't. Yeah. But you know, sometimes the beat just provokes you. Mm-hmm. That, <laughs> or that, people provoke you. Yeah, yeah, you that's know? that's facts. Uh huh. It, it, it could bring it could bring something out of you, the sonics or the the other lyrics and, yeah. and, bar, and bars in it. Like I, but you, you know, just... you always bring the better side of me out. Because when I get on a cipher with you, I don't talk about that stuff, do I? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I could tell. I mean, I I always try to be conscientious with with bars as much as possible. And I mean, I've made depressing songs and and whatnot mm. in, in the past. Right. But what I what I have learned is that we're creating these mantras in music, especially when we're really reciting these things over and over again. Like, like when I write and produce these these songs that I work on for hours and hours, listening to the same lyrics over and over again. And if it's something, you know, depressing Mm -hmm. or really like a frequency that's, that's keeping me low. It then, takes power over you, yeah, doesn't it? It, it, it really takes affects power. you. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. if I if I associate myself with something higher, then that's where I'm I'm gonna go. Exactly. Uh, with the that mantra being re- repeated uh, to me, and I know the power that we have as artists and and the voice, and and to to promote things that are that are of a higher higher order in some way. So. I mean, you always, I always try to keep it light in some way, you know, keep it fun, but you know, it's, it's a, it's a balance of, of being serious and uh-huh. the word schemes and, and promoting and saying, saying good stuff. Cause well, is it not true that the older you get, the more you realize there's more to life than what I've previously known. Right. Mm, yeah. You, you start to want to make yours count. Right. Mm. So I, I feel like. You know, that's how you feel about music, because that's what I get from you. I feel like you're being more conscious about what you're going to put out into the universe. And I respect that about you. And it's impressive that somebody at 21 has figured that out already. You know, I could imagine who or how you're going to be in the next 10 years. Mm, man. Because I feel like you're a person who learns. You put yourself in position to learn. And you're going to figure some things out that the average person ain't figuring out. You know, so that's a good way to be. You know, I, I have learned in, in, in my lifetime, uh, the abstract things of life are the more important things. And uh, that's what's taught me the most is paying attention to those abstract things. Whatever you will give some attention to, you can receive from. And so some mm. of us, man, the focus is in the wrong place. Mm. That's so true. When, when we get give those those negative thoughts attention a lot of times. I'm guilty of it right now, bro, because that's why I'm in that situation I described to you, because mm-hmm. I feel like I, I allowed the negativity to consume me and I haven't mm. recovered from it yet. Mm. But see, and I like being around people like you because you pull me out of it. You stir up. 
Hey, I wonder if it is it really or is it these earphones that I got in? Nah, it's definitely the mic. Cause okay. it, yeah, it just sparks out of nowhere. But but yeah, go on, man. People like you stir up the deep waters that actually mm-hmm. inside me. Paul. Bro, <laughs> Bro I, I really I truly appreciate that. It's it's definitely one of my I think it's one of the my purposes here on earth is to be an inspiration and a light to people around me. And um, sometimes that could be difficult because then I feel that feel a weight on me that I have to be perfect, that I have mm-hmm. to always serve others and not think about myself. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I do genuinely think that's, I can help people as much as possible and and lead them in the right direction. And usually that direction for themselves is to look inward. Mm. I, I can only do so much. It's right. it's that person's right decision responsibility Ultimately. and yeah and decision to yeah. to change what's going. I can only be the catalyst. You know. Can I say this? Yeah. Yes. Be the catalyst. I just feel like man, sometimes it's it's easy to make it harder than what it really is. You know, one of the songs we got together, uh, I think is called Be a Light, or at least you say that. Yeah, we, we the light. We the light. Yeah. I think that's all that's required of each of us is just do what you know is right mm. and be that example. If you live in the way you're supposed to live, and this is what I don't agree with the church, I don't think God ever meant for us to sit around and talk about him so much mm. as opposed to embodying who he is and learning mm. to live like him and be a living example of who he is or mm. a conduit of who he is and carrying what he, who he is. Because mm-hmm. the lady I, who was healed from the pneumonia, I, I honestly had been listening to some very powerful preaching. And I came under the authority in that preaching and it was on me. It was tangible. I could feel it. I felt like my senses enhanced. And The lady was going to her mailbox while I was about to go do some work behind her yard. And she she spoke, but she said, hey, don't get close to me. I got pneumonia. I don't want to get you sick. But that anointing that was on me said, hey, don't worry about it. Can I pray for you? And, bro, I didn't even get to say my prayer. When I began to say it, it was released. And she grabbed me and hugged me and said, I feel it leaving me now. You know, and she was just blown away. Damn. That's, you know, that's insane, yeah. I don't even know if she ever believed in the God I believed in at that time. But I bet she does now. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so that that was one experience that I still remember, man. Like, just be the light, you know? Be yeah. who you are supposed to be, and that's enough. Because mm. people are always watching. I got way more stories, but not even mm. to get into them. But just being a light, it works. Mm. I think that's one thing that gets lost a lot of times in religion and in church, mm-hmm. at least especially today in society. It's, you know, people, you know, m- they gave us these commandments to to follow and whatnot, but they yeah. said that we can never follow them because we're human beings. We're always going to sin. We're always going to fuck up. Yep. That's that's what, what Jesus is here for, for our sins. And we, we repent uh-huh. sins and whatnot. Yes, sir. But. I think there is something to embodying Christ. And mm-hmm. I think that Christ is consciousness and Christ is in our consciousness in some way. And we can embody that 
uh-huh. by you know just embracing it yeah em- em- embracing embracing the moment being aware loving uh-huh. community um empathy uh and and all sorts of things an essence of being yeah yeah and here's a good picture of that too man in the old testament uh moses was going somewhere and he saw a burning bush yeah in a thicket the fire was not consuming the bush but it was a definite fire Mm -hmm. and he could have walked past it but he paid attention to it and he went and he and he looked into it to observe and see what was really going on and because he paid attention to it the voice of god came out and spoke to him and gave him direction purpose and destiny all in that moment Mm -hmm. but if he had not never paid attention to it it would have passed him by and everything that moses did everything that moses was would have never came to fruition Mm. and so sometimes a part of that connecting and being able to embody is paying attention and being mindful Mm. very true have you ever read the alchemist before the alchemist i have not what is that about Mm. so so on the back here is to realize one's destiny is a person's only obligation so um you know i i I agree with that off the off the mm. just at face value yeah yeah right (laughs) yeah yeah so it's you know it's it's really a a beautiful spiritual story um going through basically the whole book is about following omens is is Mm -hmm. the the lesson of the story and being mindful of the things around you and to to listen to your gut and listen to the to the signs that that God presents to you, and uh, the the quality of patienceness, uh, being patient yep. throughout that whole thing as well, um, seeing seeing visions, but knowing that you just have to do the next thing and and be conscious and not look too far ahead as well. But it's a very yeah. great 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 book. Highly recommend. Yeah, man, that does sound like a good book. You know, one thing I do got going for myself, because I don't know how bad Mace as far as Mike. <laughs> you you really you really skipping now. <laughs> you just uh, <laughs> it, was like, yeah. it got crazy, huh? Yeah, yeah. You you're yeah, like so, DJing the the vocals there. Hey, you know that's what we do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but um, so. One thing I still got going that I think is a good thing, right? Regardless of depression, regardless of anxiety, pain, whatever I'm going through. What you just said, I still get that gut feeling about things. And when I follow it, ministry still happens. As dark as a mood I get in some days, like when I when I when it's drawn upon, it comes out. It's like when I when I find myself in a situation where I'm doing something spiritual. I wasn't trying to, but it's still there. And if somebody pulls on it, it comes out. Mm. You know, mm. so I'm not 100% in the dark. I just, I realize I allow myself to embrace some darkness. Because, you know, darkness tries to play on trauma. And my brain got into a traumatic state with that one accident. You know, the shock that I went through when I saw that car pop up. And I knew I would, didn't have any time to avoid it. I feel like my brain is still in that state of trauma and it keeps reliving the pain. I saw airbags in a car today 
and I had like a, a pain shoot through my body because it reminded me of the accidents. Mm. You know, you get that a lot of uh, trauma reminiscing about the. Yeah, I, I definitely got PTSD. They diagnosed me with it and above them diagnosing me with it. I experienced it. I see certain things um, traveling. That sends me back in that, you know. Uh, when the accident was fresh, if I was even riding past the spot where it happened, it would send me through, you know, some anxiety. So it used to be really heavy. Um, at this point, I drive everywhere now. I drive past that point. And it doesn't bother me no more. But like I said, sometimes that plays in my mind. I could see an accident in my head and I'll go through bodily pain, nerve pain. It'll all come back, muscle soreness. Mm. And so it's really real, man. But that just shows you how real the whole mind and the brain is and how it really does have that control and effect over the body. You know, because whatever goes on in your brain affects the rest of your body. You know, like if your body's not properly sending the signals to the different parts of the body, those parts are not going to do what they're supposed to do. Yeah, very true. Yeah. So it's just deep, you know. Yeah, it is. As far as far as as getting getting deep, you. It seems like things things capture you, you know, you you say you want you ask why. And you always you always question. So as of late, is there anything that has has really stirred up your mind and put you down the rabbit hole and into doing doing research or, or whatever else so it, it may be? What's what's really, your thing been lately? It's really easy to get me down that rabbit hole <laughs> <laughs> because I'm always inquisitive. Right. Yeah. And so anything I hear throws me down the rabbit hole. Mm. I could hear two people talking about a political subject mm-hmm. and see. This is how I know it's a gift for a calling because mm. whatever you talk to me about, my brain automatically starts picking it apart and weighing how true it is, how accurate it is. I don't have to try to do that. My brain automatically starts picking apart things people tell me. Mm-hmm. And when you tell me something, I listen visually. Mm. My brain paints me a picture of what it thinks what you're telling me looks like. Mm. My brain automatically goes there. So to answer your question, though, um, Everything has had me asking why in, in regards to all the political stuff going on. Um, I'm looking at all the different conditions that are present in the world today. And I think it's actually become a part of my depression, man, because mm. I think about how a lot of liquor stores are in the ghettos. How the ghettos were created. Mm. why they were created, Mm -hmm. by who they were created, for what purpose, abortion, where it originated from, why it originated, who was the target of it, welfare. I think about all these things, and I think about it on the deep level I've been describing to you, and I'm not even willing to talk about it because I don't want to become a target Mm. and disclose too much about what I come up with when I think about these things. Mm. You scared of cancel culture? Not at all. I have no fear, actually. Mm. I don't. I really don't, to be honest with you. Mm. But do I want the negative attention that I know would come if I became very vocal about the things I think about? Nah, not right now. Mm. Because I'm more afraid of what I would do in reaction to it. Mm. 
You know what I mean? Because I'm yeah. one of those things. I'm one of those people, Rob, for real. I die what I, for what I believe in. Mm-hmm. Because if you ain't willing to die for it, you might as well stop believing it and stop acting like you really believe. If what you feel or what you think is right or wrong ain't willing for you to die, you don't really believe that stuff. You might as well stop playing mm. and go smoke your favorite drug. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Mm. So I, I, but yeah, man, I just think about everything that's going on, like the inflation, COVID-19, where did it really come from? Mm. Is it really? Mm. Oh, did it really happen? Yeah. You know? Mm. I think about why so many, um, I hope it's okay to say this, so many black people in the rap game rap the way they rap, but they rap for a label that's not owned by black people. Very true. It's, 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 it's great to say that. I think we should promote that more, and I think that's very much promoted today in a, in a lot of people's social life is that, you know, so I the, think a the lot black community needs equity. Yeah, I think about all these agendas and their origin. Mm-hmm. And I don't always talk about it because people aren't ready for that conversation. They just don't know what to do with it or they're too uh, conditioned by, you know, the conditioner. Mm. So that you just sound crazy when you start talking about these things to people who are unaware. Mm. But yeah, man, you you know my mind is on these things, bro. <laughs> I think it leaks out every once in a while when I rap. Mm-hmm. I know, yeah, I, I could tell. I could tell. I've been, I've been on those on those same frequencies. I can, I can definitely, yeah. I can feel that for sure. And yeah. as far as that, then leading to depression, like an existential crisis, you're like, damn, I just. I just grew up in this in this world, and we we hear and and all this all this around me that we and have I didn't ask to we be have, here. Yeah, we didn't. I can't we, remember me asking God to send me here. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I really feel some kind of way, um, Luke. I feel <laughs> like I ain't asked for all this shit. I really feel yeah. like that. Yeah. You know. Uh-huh. And I'm like, it's so much depressing shit going on in the world, man. Like, yeah. You know, the people killing each other, mistreating each other, the bullies, parents neglecting their children. Mm-hmm. Men raping women. I'm like, yo, what is this, this shit? Why y'all doing this shit? Y'all don't know better? <laughs> y'all don't see what this shit is about? Like, why are they oppressing everybody with taxes? High taxes. And and, and, and the government makes up the money through the fiat system. Yeah. yeah but y'all taxing not, the shit out of everybody. Yeah, like, this ain't necessary. Why we got to treat each other like this? Yeah, it's, and, a, and it's, it's a system built off debt. Yeah, and it makes me not want to be here, bro. And mm. I'm not suicidal. I'm not saying I'm suicidal, but I'm very disinterested in how the world works, bro. Mm. And that's a big part of my depression, man, because I just felt like, you know, we got a thousand churches out here. And what is a church supposed to be? When I read about the church that's in the book in Acts, they were affecting the world around it and changing it. You know, the idolaters were stopping and they stopped making the idols because they were being changed by the message. And the way these people were living, you know what I'm saying? Mm. They really impacted the world around them. But we got a thousand churches in every city and I don't see that impact. So I've Mm. become very disinterested and inquisitive as to what are y'all really doing? Very true. I see a lot of inaction and a lot of reaction just based on what what things are going on. Just just trying to put a Band-Aid over a gun wound. Come on, bro. Essentially. A gun wound, bro. Yeah. You know, so I just... It's very distasteful for me, you know, 
Because like I told you, I was very into it. You know, I was chasing the reality of it. I didn't care about the ceremony of it. I wanted to see people change, you know. I prayed mm-hmm. for a guy who had got shot in the chest. He was paralyzed from the chest down. And while he didn't get his legs back because I kind of had gave up, shame on me, he was able to wiggle his toes from me praying for him. He told me that. He said, you know, before you started praying for me, I couldn't feel nothing past my chest. But as you begin to pray, I started getting some of the feeling back in my toes. Mm. And I'm a little depressed now that I had kind of gave up on him, you know, because I felt like I had I kept pressing through, he might have went, he might have been able to walk again. Mm. And I say that to say my spirituality is real. It's authentic. Mm-hmm. You know, it was working. And I was frustrated that the whole, the group as a whole, the church as a whole, didn't seem to to to, to have that energy going. Not that I was better than them, but as a whole, it seemed more watered down than it seemed authentic. Because mm-hmm. you can go to some churches, it's just dry as can be. You know, they taking your money. They singing a few songs. <laughs> you know what I'm like? I'm like, man, this is entertainment. This ain't what God was doing. Yeah. Y'all not embodying that that Christ that the Bible talks about. Mm-hmm. You it's know? a business. It's a business. It is a business. And it's like, whose mm-hmm. business is it? Because I look at uh, the malt liquor that they sell in predominantly black neighborhoods. Mm-hmm. And if you understand what that, how that affects the brain, um, all this mm-hmm. chemtrail stuff and, you know, the porn shops. And mm-hmm. you can even go in some meat markets, man. The meat markets in the hood ain't the same meat markets out in Valentine. Mm-hmm. In these nicer neighborhoods. So it's some uh-huh. real injustice and inequality going on in the world. But the news ain't detailing it like that. The mm-hmm. church ain't doing nothing about it. They'll mm-hmm. argue about the Democrats versus the Republicans and which ones we need to vote for. But no matter who's in office, ain't nobody taking that abortion clinic out the hood. Mm-hmm. So both of them are creating an illusion to me. Mm-hmm. Neither one of y'all ain't doing nothing about the real problems people are going through. The church, the Democrats, or the Republicans. So what's the basis? You know? Mm. So yeah, that's what my uh, brain be thinking about, Luke, Rob. Bro, that, but it's that, like, that's what can facts, I do? Bro. Yeah, exactly. I exactly. can't change I, it. <laughs> I, I think about that all the time, all the time, just the t- crazy, crazy ass times we're in. But then and then that's why a lot of times I'm in my own world. I can't lie. I'm in my own world. I'm I'm Me meditating. Too, I'm I'm doing what I want to do. I'm I'm making music, just trying trying to stay stay positive in in everything. And if you just just lay down for a second, do some some deep breathings, think think positive, not think about all all the bullshit out there in the world. Then it's like, oh, it's like right here in this moment. Yeah, it's it's good. It's good right now. It's good. It's, it's good. good right now. Right. I'm yeah, yeah. This. Uh-huh. But like you know. But, you know, then you start going down rabbit holes of how this world is fucked up. That you shit, that shit makes you, that I mean, shit makes you fucked up, you know? It does, man. And I can yeah. tell you from experience, I feel mm-hmm. like that was a part of me getting in that dark place. I kept mm-hmm. looking at it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when you look too much into the darkness, I mean, it makes you stronger. But at a certain point, it just sucks you so deep in. Yeah, man. It's, it can be very It's hard to come out. Yeah, mm-hmm. I definitely went through a moment of despair. And like I say, man, the only thing that's, that's got me still functionable is, and I feel like God has just sent people my way like OSF. Mm-hmm. That puts a demand on me to perform. The job I'm working right now, 
I didn't apply for it or ask for it. It came to me. That's mm. how I've been living my life, Luke Rob. It seemed like things just come to me at the right time. Mm. I don't really rely on money. Don't care about it. I give it away as soon as I get it. Honest to God, truth. I have a hope in my head or a theory that everything I need has to come from God some kind of way. And it's like I'll die trying to make that my reality. I don't want to be the guy that relies on money and has to be in the system working to try to have food, clothing, and shelter. I believe Matthew chapter 6, verse 33, it says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. I believe that. And I'm not willing to live down here on this earth and that not be my reality. Because either that shit got to be true or ain't none of that shit true. And if I can disprove that, then I can say, fuck religion. I might just go slap the fuck out somebody who get on my nerves and I give a fuck no more. <laughs> because, yeah, if there's no moral code or standard, <laughs> yeah. why, why, why are we sweating it for? Just yeah. do what you want to do. Mm. For real. Yeah, you I mean, know? that's that's straight up nihilism then hey that you know there's there's no meaning and yeah. i mean and truthfully i mean scientifically in a in a certain certain way uh i've talked about this before but i think science is becoming a, a religion in itself a, a, mm-hmm. a vehicle of belief yeah. in in numbers and formulas and, and theories that people hold to be to be true even though we know for certain that you know, theories are only placeholders until new information comes to light, Come on, and they I always said that. they always change. <laughs> you know, yeah, we, we always we always learn something new. Come on, um, but yeah, but really, just the time the times we're in to go back to the Bible. Um, my grandfather is is really religious and and always tries to make me read the Bible. I haven't I haven't read the full <laughs> I haven't read the full thing. I grew up a Christian going to Bible studies and in church and whatnot and and i resonated with with some of it as as a tool but a lot of it went over my head a lot of the stories i was i just just didn't make sense to me a lot of mumbo jumbo in my head just stuff that people could have made up so easily right um but one thing that stood out to me when i was last talking to my grand grandfather about the bible is about the times we're currently in and what the Bible says about those times. He, on, he, he said the, the Bible is basically a history book mm-hmm. and, and a future teller. And he was saying that we're in a, a point of rapture mm-hmm. currently. And, and that's, uh, that Jesus is coming back to the earth at a certain point mm-hmm. within the next century, within our lifetime. That's, that's what my grandfather truly believes. Man, I think and, I would have a great conversation with your grandfather. Mm, you know, because this is right up uh, my alley, Luke. Mm, and I just feel like the Bible is spiritual. And what you said about the rapture, man, in the Bible when they were talking about it, they were talking like it could happen at any moment. Mm-hmm. But there was something key that Paul said that when he wrote his letter to the Thessalonians. Um, he said, don't be alarmed because the day cannot come until... A few key things happen, which haven't happened. And he was talking about the Antichrist revealing himself and mm. declaring himself to be God in a way that the whole world would know. And we'd either have to make a choice to fall under his sway and, and, and follow him or either reject him and deal with the consequences. 
And so there's timelines in the Bible that kind of give you a compass of how near or far we are to some of those prophetic, you know, times that the mm-hmm. Bible mentions. Yeah. So it's worth the read because if you really carefully read it, you're going to see some things that you ain't going to be able to deny is really true. And you're, you're going to have to have a deeper respect for it because you're going to be like, yo, it's saying it right here. You know what I mean? Like, I believe the Bible is spiritual, though. I don't believe it's the same as the book like um, what you just showed me, The Alchemist. Mm-hmm. I don't believe it's just information. I believe it's spiritual, and I believe in order to truly understand it, you have to really connect spiritually with the author of it. Mm-hmm. Because I believe you have to understand it by revelation. And I'll just give a quick specific example of what I mean. So in the Bible, there was a passage where there were two disciples on their way to a road or on a road called Emos in physical Israel. And they met the resurrected Jesus there and didn't recognize who he was. And he began to talk to them. And he was giving them all of the history of the Old Testament about Christ and leading up to what happened in their present moment, which was him dying on the cross and being resurrected because I believe they were on their way to his tomb. Do mm. you know to see to see if it was true. all the prophets said he would die and rise on the third day. So people were going to see if it was true. They were going to see if they was going to be there. But he met them on the way there in his resurrected body and they could not understand any of what he explained until the Bible says he opened up their understanding. So until that happens, Mm. Your understanding gets open. I don't believe one can understand the Bible. Mm. And then the question becomes, how does that happen? But we can save that for a later date. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to get too personal, you know, but um, I would definitely like to talk with you, man, about some of those things, man. You know, even just looking at different passages and and, and discussing them. Yeah, bro, I'd, I'd love to to do some some breakdown of of what you you believe in especially relating back to back to the times we're currently in in the prophetic spirituality of of the bible um yeah yeah, but today i wouldn't call myself a christian i'd say i take i take all religions for for what they are as an Uh interpretation from god and and use a lot of the the tools of spirituality from all ancient spiritual tests texts in in some way. To me, it's hard. Like the Bible, since it has so many authors and the the span of of writing it was hundreds and hundreds of years, and uh, it's been manipulated so much um, through churches and whatnot. Art, you know, sections left out, translating from different languages and whatnot. So sometimes it's hard for me then to bring myself to truly believing it. But I do, I do, I do believe that a lot of the Bible has so much spiritual wisdom that was in place by God throughout the course of humanity that is truth. But I do believe that there is manipulation in it as well mm-hmm. to guide the people toward thinking a certain way. Right. And I and, and it can also be interpreted in different ways based on Correct. who you are and where you are in your life. So exactly, I, and I, and I feel like 
I like what I like that. I I I definitely feel like. Wait a minute. Are we stuck right now? Uh, I think we're good. I think we're good. Okay, okay. <laughs> you stopped moving on my screen, but anyway, oh, okay. you can hear me and I can yeah. hear you. Yeah, yeah. I, I feel like, I feel like this. I feel like the Bible was handled by men, and what we have now is not even the original language it was wrote, written in or formed. Mm-hmm. It has been handled, right? And so the reality is we don't know that it's 100% accurate, whatever the case, right? I wasn't there when they wrote it. So I yeah. can't even sit here and try to argue it's the word of God. I don't like when people do that blindly. Mm-hmm. I do believe it is the word of God because of the things in it that I have actually experienced mm-hmm. and got to see true for myself. So mm-hmm. I only believe it to the extent I was able to experience so that my knowledge is not coming from somebody telling me what to believe about it, but what I figured out in real life. Mm. But I even with that, I still agree with you that people still take that and they use it for manipulation, control, leverage, and we see it, you know, but I don't feel like that's a bad reflection on the Bible. I think that's a bad reflection on the people who are misusing it. Mm, Very, very true. Very true. Like you see so many minor cults coming out all the time, misusing, misusing scripture to whatever way they, they see fit. And whatever yeah. way they want to manipulate people, and if they have a, a figurehead that's that's captivating and and mm-hmm. says they're their God, their Jesus, their their whatever, the the prophet, the Messiah, then mm-hmm. some people are gonna follow along if that person's <laughs> charismatic hey. enough. Shit, and, and they might be having crazy type of sex as a ritual. <laughs> they just be might, uh-huh. you know, stealing money from them. You know, yeah. a lot of people pay for this type of stuff. You know, yeah. So, yeah, people are definitely using it in manipulative ways, man, mm-hmm. on large scales, you know? Yeah. And and it can compromise the way people view the Bible itself. Yeah. So, like, to challenge people, don't allow the way people have misused it mm. to um to dimmon your perception on the Bible itself. Give it a fair chance to prove itself um, mm. based on if you seek, you'll find. Mm-hmm. You know. I, th- I think that's very, very powerful. I think that a lot of people are not religious today because of all of that, because of all the bad hypocrisy, things. Hypocrisy, man. Yeah, yeah. All, the, all the hypocrisy in, in the church. And the, the inconsistency. Pro- prostitution. Yeah, yeah. Inconsistency. All of that. And yeah, yeah. Um, another thing growing up is, you know, then I, I get to high school and whatnot and then learn about all the other religions and like, mm-hmm. oh, shit. Like it's not just just this one religion, this one God that everybody believes in. It's oh no, it's it's different for every single person, and and there's a lot, a ton of overlapping themes in a lot of spiritual texts, um, but some of it is then completely completely different, um, which is another thing that kind of throws you into a loop. You know, if aliens come down right now and say, "What's the right religion?" We don't have an answer for them. Exactly. Yeah. Come on, man. And you know what? Another thing that's interesting about what you just said about, you know, people see how watered down or how hypocritical or um, whatever, you know, Christianity can be. But then, you know what? They might look at some different religions like Buddhism or, uh, you know, whatever is out there. And they might actually feel some something tangible in them that they don't feel in Christianity. Mm hmm. But, you know, my point is just because you can tell there's a real spiritual force in it doesn't mean it's the right one. 
Mm. You know what I'm saying? But I think that dynamic strays people to other types of religions, you know, because they actually say, well, hell, at least something real is here. At least something consistent is here. You know? And that's just me uh, saying that as if we both agreed that, you know, the Christian way was the legit way, you know? Mm. So... Is that you saying that Christianity is the only right religion? Or? I don't even believe in Christianity. I think it's some hog shit. I don't <laughs> consider myself a Christian. <laughs> so, so what would you I don't consider yourself? Christianity with the Bible. I feel like Christianity was one of those entities that misused the Bible, how we were talking. Mm. So I think Christianity is full of frauds and misled people who just don't know better. Mm. Um, at the top, frauds. At the bottom, people who just been deceived by it. Um, I consider myself a son of God. I'm just one of his sons. That's my father. Mm. You know, I believe and I understand I came from him. I'm here because of him and that I can only be happy if I know him and know the purpose he gave me. And only through knowing him can I know the purpose he gave me. And that's, mm. that's what, that's, that's that for me. It ain't even no further than that. Mm. But I also believe that about every person the reality is every person doesn't know that, believe or understand that. Mm. If, so you had, do, if you had to um, give advice to someone out there who maybe hasn't been spiritually awakened, spiritually conscious, um, had any relationship with God, what would you tell them to to do? Is there anything you can do in your life to to enact that that you've found? Yeah. Um, what I'd done that work was seeking and seeking mm. you find. Mm. And so the advice I will give is seek while he may be found. Mm. How, Not how would you describe the, seek? I would describe seek like this. Just be desperate to find out. Mm. You know, if you chasing money, how many things will you do to get that money? Some people will rob. Some people will kill. Some people will steal. If you will go after God, the way we go after material things, mm. you're going to find them. Mm. And, and, and if I need to be more specific, talk to him as if he exists. And ask him to reveal himself to you. Sincerely. You don't have to be doing all these formal prayers, these elaborate prayers. You can talk to him like I'm talking to you. Reveal yourself to me. I need to know. You know, if you cry out to God. And, and and you make it your business to figure out, not figure out because he's incomprehensible, right? That's a waste of time. Mm -hmm. But just to know it's about intimacy. Mm. I feel like that's what the real message is. I feel like he created every soul to be intimate with him, to be a family. And if we live from that context and in that context, we'll do everything right. Just by reason of being in the right position. That's that's what I view, how I view righteousness. I don't think it's the rules and the do's and don'ts. I feel like he revealed those to who he revealed them to to show them something true about himself. And in showing them something true about himself, he also gave them the understanding that they could never attain to who he was. But that's where Jesus came in and gives you righteousness because he was able to keep that standard. And he suffered the penalty for those who could not keep that standard. And so righteousness he gives as a gift. And all you can do to a gift is receive it. 
So when you receive it in humility and realize it's not about me being able to do and not do, I receive this righteousness for free. And when I truly receive it, it is inside of me and I can allow it to rule me and I can live from it. I yield to it. And I do right naturally because I have truly received righteousness. Mm. I'm not trying to earn it no more. I know I can never earn it. And so I humble myself and I just ask for it. And that's how I believe salvation works. God has given it to us for free. He created mm-hmm. you. He's not sitting here like a, a a critical pointing his finger at us about the little things we do and don't do. Now he's just trying to give you what it takes to to be acceptable to him. And that's mm-hmm. himself. Yeah, there's there's definitely a common theme and some I've been seeing more and more is just going into the unknown and surrendering surrendering to God and to a higher power and that everything's just all right like hey man even if you apply to the the darkness whatever you yield to is going to control you yeah you can Mm -hmm. yield to a drug it's going to have its way with you Mm -hmm. music sounds uh you know voices whatever you yield to Mm -hmm. but try yielding to god (laughs) you know see where it takes you i I just give it a chance you know Mm -hmm. don't try to figure this life out by yourself don't be a know-it-all. Don't act like you know what's going on. It means mm. you don't, and then you might be able to find out. Mm. Mike. Yes, sir. <laughs> yeah, that is definitely one thing I've learned is w- when you're like us being so curious and questioning everything at a certain point, you reach a limit. You're like, okay, we're not supposed to know everything. There's there's, there's more out there that we were never supposed to to truly grasp and understand maybe not even when we die, maybe not even when we die, we know the true essence of everything that happens. And it's just more of a, um, maybe it's a, a little bit of that, a little bit of revealing, um, the true nature of, of how thing, things work, but maybe we can unravel that true nature a little bit in this human form, but not quite, not quite what's fully out there. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I just feel like, you know, when people have integrity, man, uh, God or life has a way of bringing the truth to people who just seek to understand or seek to do right. You know, I feel like that gives people leverage to collide with the truth. Mm. Bro. Well, this has been an amazing conversation, bro. I, I appreciate you so much for for coming on here and on the podcast and we definitely got to do this another time. We could be talking for for another multiple hours about about this and and everything else. Yeah, man. Anything else you want to want to leave the people with and and where where they could find you and everything music coming out, whatever you want to promote, bro. Yeah, well, first, just let me say this. Hey, man, I actually appreciate you reaching out to me as well and for us to do this. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the conversation as much as you did. Um, we definitely got to do it more. Um, you can find me. Um, I would like to give uh, the website for OSF. Um, Luke and I, we in the same group. Like We are members of the same group. So check us out at www.onlyspittingflames.com or .net. 
um it's still being built up but um i don't even know like uh my urls but uh just look mm-hmm. me up at impeccable seven on all instagram right. or mm-hmm. zap or any streaming platform yeah and I, I could put all the all the links and i'll tag you in in ig and and everything else so so yeah okay awesome man hey right. this is dope bro <laughs> thank you bro thank you it's 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 fun it's fun and this is only the the eighth podcast now to to see where it's going to be in the future you know eight you know, is like, the defined number of new beginnings really yeah mm. <laughs> divine time divine time brother yes sir all right bro hey i just want to say this lastly mm-hmm. my mind has officially been amalgamated <laughs> you, you heard you heard it first from peck you you come on the pod you get your mind amalgamated <laughs> yo hey peace and love luke rob salute you man all right oh, peace. Up. peace peace